0: We ended up moving out here in 2013. My wife took a a travel nurse job in Salt Lake City, and that's actually how we um, ended up um, transitioning from Missouri to Utah. And it took us about eight months to move to the city where we live now uh, from the Salt Lake area. Uh, We knew we wanted to be in an area that was very, very, very uh, low percentage Christian. So our county where we live now is uh, less than 1%. It's like, 0.49% 0.49% would identify as a born-again Christian here. Uh, so it's just abundant opportunity. So we, we wanted to be uh, out of the Salt Lake City, which is just like any other major metro city. It's very diverse. And we wanted to be in a very unreached place. So we moved down here to Utah County um, in 2013. And we made this commitment that we didn't want to necessarily just start a church. Especially we didn't want to come to it with our own perception of what the community needed. Mm -hmm. and we wanted to spend a minimum of a year just getting to know people and discerning and understanding the culture and those kind of things before we started a church. We moved in November, and in December, I had an opportunity to help somebody. We didn't know a soul, by the way, in the entire county, not a single person. We're here by ourselves, and through one connection to another, I found out that a guy was moving and needed some help, so I went to help him move, this guy knew a little bit of my backstory from a connection through a connection kind of thing. And this guy's son was there to help move too. And the guy's son says, so I hear you're, you're here to, you're here to start a church. And I said, well, eventually, you know, that will kind of be what happens. And he says, here's my number. Let me know when you start. Wow. And I thought that was kind of interesting. He And uh, so I thought, well, maybe, maybe we don't need to start a church per se, but maybe we can, have some sort of a gathering so we're, we're very uh we started doing the discovery bible study stuff um, you know 20 years ago and that's kind of a method i used in youth ministry way back when before i even knew what it was or before it was popularized uh-huh. um but i thought well what if what if this guy what if we just tell him hey we're going to have dinner at the house it's not a church service but he wants to come over for dinner and we'll open up the the word together so First week of January, I sent him a text and said, hey, we're not having church, but if you want to come over for dinner, (laughs) we're having dinner and we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to talk about the Bible. And so he uh, texted me that afternoon about an hour before he was going to come over and said, hey, is it all right if uh, I bring a friend? (laughs) I said, sounds great. Bring a friend. So we put on a little bit more food and ended up being two families that came over, you know, two couples with their kids. And we just sat around the table and ate together. And I had memorized, uh, you know, a story out of uh, Genesis. And we had a story set that would take you from creation all the way through the resurrection and into Acts chapter two. And so I just said, well, we'll just start there. Let's start at the beginning. And so I just around the dinner table just told the story of creation and, <laughs> and, and the, you know, the questions that we do in a DBS and uh, about six weeks into this um, one of the couples, one of the girls, she says to me uh, around the discussion, she says, you know, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. She says, I have been to church for three hours a Sunday. Wow. Every single week of my life for the last 22 years. Wow. She's That's an LDS girl. And she says, I have learned more about God in the last six weeks than my entire past 22 years combined.
1: Wow.
0: And uh, God was just uh, really working there. And it was like, um, you know, we're just pouring into these people and sharing God's word with them. And uh, it just began to kind of grow from there to where we began meeting. We didn't have room around our dinner table anymore. So we just started um, gathering in our basement of our house where we could, you know, just gather more people in the basement. So um, that, that grew to us encountering another couple who moved to our area to plant a church. And so we kind of released them into, they, they, they were coming with a denomination, but their denomination, they fell through the cracks of their denomination somehow, and they got overlooked and they got stranded here without any support. So we kind of took them in and then uh, essentially kind of sent them out and uh, they started the gathering then in, in their home. And the uh, long story short from there is now, you uh, know, I was 2013. What are we, 2021? We released two more um, microchurch plants uh, this year. So we have uh, here in Spanish Fork and then, uh, we've got um, a, um, a disciple making church plant down in, in St. George, which is down in the southern part. Uh, we've got a family uh, leading a work up in West Jordan and now uh, Vineyard, Utah, which has been the fastest growing city in the U.S. for a couple of years and uh, now in Santa Utah. So kind of we thought we would see it, uh, envision it more growing um, kind of stake by stake around our city. But it's kind of taken off and, and spread all over the state now, <laughs> a little bit. So
1: and you running a yeah. business, right?
0: Yeah, I uh, started a web development business about 10 years ago or so. Uh-huh. So that's what I do occupationally. We design and develop and then we do uh, web hosting too. So.
1: so that gives you the freedom to not need a salary from the church.
0: That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it's funny. I'm, I just got done with a meeting with a with a ministry intern from a Bible college, and man, I tell you what, it wrecks these guys. <laughs> they come out here and try to do ministry from a Bible college perspective, and it's really tough. Um, we we give him as he's doing a year residency with us, and so part of the requirement is he has to have some paid time hours. And so he's our only paid person. <laughs> and we let him know, man, this is, this is for your schooling. Cause once that's done, you're, you're going to lose your paycheck. So, um, but it's been tough for them to, to uh, you know, they want to organize and do things around, you know, pastor time. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. here. <laughs> so it's a little frustrating for those guys.
1: <laughs> so what would you say to those guys who are, because there's a lot of them that that they've been to seminary, they've been to Bible college, they are probably dependent upon you know church salary, all that, but they're sensing because I'm 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 getting this everywhere I turn. They're they're you know it's like there's a tremor in the force. They're they're sensing that something is up and it's, something's changing, and they there's a a, a real strong desire to do micro church. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting people now who are trying to be what you are. They want to do microchurch planting maybe from a legacy church but i i was with a guy last week who he he created a house flipping business he's one of these guys that puts a sign up on the street we'll buy your house for cash yeah and then he's got he's actually got a couple pastors who he, he keeps on a re- retainer i mean he's in california he's got one guy in the deep south and and so that what happens is the guy finds houses where people are desperate to sell them and they usually wrecked. And that's what house flippers want. And then this guy becomes the middleman between the guy who's desperate to sell and the guy who wants to buy a wrecked house so he can fix it up and flip it. And actually, I asked him, so did you get a real estate license? He goes, no, it would be illegal for me to do this if I had a license. But anyway, he's he's pastoring a legacy church. They've kind of repositioned themselves to where they're a church of micro churches, but now they're creating autonomous micro churches in other places. And he's all excited that he's going to stop taking a salary in three months from now. So there's a lot of guys out there kind of going, I want to do, I don't, but I don't know how, Mm -hmm. Um, what, what would you say to them?
0: I think there's, there's probably a couple of things. Um, You know, I I think you had to ask your question, ask the question, why do you want to do that? Uh Uh, What, you know, what's your reason behind that? You know, I remember a while back there was this uh, little trend it was going on and, it, and people were starting these community, they called them uh missional communities. Do you remember the missional community kind of thing? Maybe that's still around. I don't know, but it was like, why do you want to start a missional community? And it was because there there was a trend there. Right. And somebody that they knew or some conference that they went to, somebody talked about it and they found it, you know, inspiring and or, or intriguing. And so they just wanted to be the next guy to follow suit in the trend. So I would say, number one, are you doing this because there's a trend or or, or is there a sincere uh, need or a real calling for this? I think it's got to be a hard check first.
1: <laughs> but absolutely. You know, I would say that, you know, some percentage of guys are just, you know, they're catching the trend and that, okay. and that's unfortunate. But I'm talking to people who are sensing a change in the culture and and then they're seeing the people groups that we're not not touching. I mean, most, you know, the whole megachurch model that we've worshipped for the last 20 years, 40 years maybe, has uh, really you know I use the word before homogeneity. Every, everybody, it, 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 there's there's a sameness to them, and they're not reaching outside their their sameness. And people are starting to become aware of this. And I think you know, exponential has done a really good job of oppressing pressing the idea of disciples making disciples who make disciples. Second Timothy chapter two, two. So there's there is that, but there's I got programmed the wrong way in in the, in the institutional church and, and now I need to escape it. And a lot of these issues have to do with money. It's like, you know, money is the driver. We plant a church. We got to draw a crowd really quick. So we siphon people off from other churches so we can make budget. Those are the kind of issues that people are grappling with. So, you know, talk some more.
0: Well, I think another thing is, is, you know, there's, there are uh, organizations that plant churches or help people plant churches, and uh, I think slowly but surely some of those organizations are getting on board with this idea. But at the same time, maybe there's an organization or does not denomination or somebody that you're connected to, and they don't they, they they don't see what you see. And at some point, some of these guys are going to have to disconnect. And the reason they have to disconnect is because what comes with that connection. And I'm, and I'm not saying you disfellowship. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you know, you're not going to be able to, if you're a round peg, you're not going to be able to fit their square hole or vice versa. Right? right. And there will, because what will come with that, with that association is expectations. Yeah. And no matter what you call it, what you label it, how you paint that picture, how you cast that vision, there's going to be expectations that are going to be on, that, that people are going to place on your shoulders for things to look and feel a certain way. And so at some point you got to be willing to just kind of uh, just connect, disconnect, and just say, you know what, if this is what God's calling me to, I'm going to be obedient to that calling and disconnect myself from the human expectations that might otherwise you know, be attached to this. So I think that's, a, that's another thing that a lot of guys are just going to have to do. And uh, for some guys, it may not be um, even announcing or promoting or communicating, hey, we're out here to plant the church, because then that, that affects the people that you're reaching yeah. Because now the people that you're reaching come in with their own expectations, right? It's the people that we're sending you. You almost have to disconnect from them. And then you got the people that you would potentially reach if you promote or announce things a certain way. Now you're attracting this affinity, right? Yeah. <laughs> that you just tried to disconnect to from the sending in. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think sometimes it's just, you know, you got to be willing to go incognito, man, and just, just go as a real uh, secret agent missionary. <laughs>
1: I got a a friend who's really in that that place that you know uh, uh, of he's he's frustrated he's doesn't want to do church as done in the past he's he he moved to the south he's starting a church at first he's saying well the culture is going to expect this of me you know the quasi-christian culture of the south and then in the middle of COVID he threw off a barbecue in his neighborhood and a bunch of basically pre-Christians, they're not part of the Southern churchy culture thing, showed up at his house, and they've been meeting now for probably four or five months, and now he's getting pressure from the denomination, give us a launch date, you're going to launch large, we've been giving you money, and and we're going through this process where he's just so frustrated, and it's like you got to disconnect from those people, and he fortunately he never did the marketing deal, And so he he didn't attract the churchy people. He's attracted people who don't know anything. And he's actually saying they're better off if they don't know anything, because it's easier for them to embrace the gospel as it really is. Um, And it's hard for him. He's in in a tough place, you know, just uh, and oddly in this situation, the top of the denomination is all for what he wants to do. It's the local guys who are throwing the rocks. Uh, When we first started in Hope Chapel in Manhattan Beach, uh, our denomination guys, they were all for us, you know, from the bishop, the district guy on up. They loved what we were doing. And we're, you know, we're reaching hippies when nobody else, everybody thought they stunk. And, uh, but it was the local pastors who were calling us Dope Chapel and all these silly (laughs) names. um, It's just, uh, you know, kind of what goes around, comes around, but I think we're in a, a time where, there's, there's a pretty big shift going on in the church. It's going to take several years. Mm-hmm. I think COVID kind of made people a little more aware. One of the things that I'm seeing is, is pastors being frustrated. People are coming out of COVID and realizing we lived for all these months without these programs, and now we're back to church. Some them are not coming back to church because they feel like they don't want that. Mm-hmm. Others are going, yeah, we want church. We want you as our pastor, but we don't want all that stuff we don't have time for it. And so uh, there's something happening that, you know, we just, and and I think you're just a pretty good model for people who might want to, you know, follow down that pathway. Yeah.
0: You know, relationships um, are difficult. And if you've served in a church alongside with other people, whether it's staff or you've served uh, in a role where you're subject under the authority of a board or anything like that, there's always these Kind of weird pressures and weird tensions that aren't always that aren't always good. And they're not always of God. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of pastors um, a little bit gun shy and a little bit leery, and uh, it makes it a little bit difficult to trust uh, other leaders or co-leaders. But um, something that I feel like if there was one big thing that God has um, really thrown into my life and kind of opened my my eyes to is this idea of not having to be the, uh, the pastor. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, um, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you know, you can only, you can only really disciple so many people personally, right. And, And you can only, uh, really shepherd or pastor so many people, especially if, you know, your day is spent making a living just like everyone else's, you know, you only have so much relational capacity. You only have so much time capacity, And that's true even when you, you know, you're prepping to present God's word, you only have so much time to to prepare a message. And and so it's hard to do a lot of those things, you know, in a a full work week when you have family activities and, you know, everything else, sports, all these things going on. Um, You know, I think a lot of pastors go, I love the idea of the co-vocational thing, but there's no way that I could do what I do now as a pastor if I was working a full-time job. So how do I do this? And what God brought into my life is a fellow by the name of Kyle Goodmanson. (laughs) Kyle and I didn't know each other at all before we met at my house. He came to my church and in our basement. And he's the guy I was telling you that was sent to, uh, by his denomination to plant a church and fell through the cracks and they forgot about him, left him stranded here. But anyway, man, God knit our hearts together like Jonathan and David, man. And, uh, and So we, we, you know, we share the teaching responsibilities and now we've expanded that to a number of other guys. And so we're just raising up other leaders. You'd go to our website. You're not going to find who's the pastor at our church, Uh right? Um, When you come on a Sunday morning, you have no idea who's going to be doing the teaching. Um, You know, he leads a micro church in his home. I still uh, lead one. We have others, right? And so, uh, you know, we're just discipling the people we can disciple and shepherding the people that we can. Um, shepherd, and we're not trying to do it all. You know, we're realizing that we have uh, limits and time, and for relationships and 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 for pastoring, and we're not trying to do more than what we're physically uh, capable of doing. And instead, we're trying to trying to release other leaders as broadly as we can to share the, that uh, those responsibilities. And
1: um, man, so that, that kind of brings us back to Matthew nine. We we don't have to do more. If there That's are, right. more, if there, if there's more labor in the harvest and the model is different, you know, the, right. the, the, the pastor centric pulpit centric model, uh, is, is what's breaking down right now. And I, you know, the answer to me is just making disciples who make disciples. That's right. That's exactly right. So if people wanted to, um, make contact with you, how, how would they do that? First, your website. And, and then if you're willing to give out an email address, uh, you know, you don't have to, but, um, how how would they make contact with you?
0: Yeah, you could we have a contact form at plantUtah.com. Um that'll go straight to my inbox and I can I can reply to anybody there. So And then
1: the website is plantUtah.com. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. So
0: it tells it shows the families that are involved and there's not a lot of detail on that website. It's like I I develop websites for a living, but it's like the mechanic whose car it. it was broke down you spend time building sites for everybody else and kind of neglect your own but you know you can find out a little information there
1: that's good well i just want to say thanks for taking time to do this it's uh it's exciting i I can't wait to post the podcast ralph i'm i'm uh i'm always blessed when i spend time with you well thank you (laughs) don't don't feel like it's near enough Yeah, maybe we ought to do something to get a bunch of us together. I don't know, a Zoom thing or something. Yeah, that would be good. Appreciate being with you. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.